listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome to another edition of Broncos This Week. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Getting ready for uh, a big road trip, you are. Broncos set to uh, board the bus for a little Alberta excursion. Yeah, we're taking off just shortly here. They're... Uh, Based out of Red Deer on this trip, playing at Edmonton Friday night, Red Deer Saturday, before uh, returning home for the next home game next Wednesday when they welcome those same Rebels for the last unused ticket night of the season. Five bucks and a previous ticket stub gets you in the door, and uh, only three home games left. We're getting down to the, the nitty-gritty here. Only three left, and, and we talked about it at the beginning of the year. It's amazing how fast time flies in the uh, WHL regular season. So, yeah, Broncos with a couple games in Alberta. You'll have Living Sky Casino, Swift Current Broncos hockey. At uh, yeah, The time hasn't changed yet, has it? No, it's uh, still <laughs> uh, Sunday at 2 o'clock is when it changes back, so it'll still be uh, 7.30 Saskatchewan time uh, pregame show, and then uh, once the team gets back from Red Deer at the time will be uh, normal, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, coming up on the Broncos This Week podcast this week, uh, our feature guest, let's talk about this guy. Uh, you share a North Battleford connection with him. You worked there for a couple years. He is from there. Colby Cave, Bronco alum. Yeah, former Broncos captain, of course. I think he was a captain here for, for what, two years? And mm-hmm. uh, signed with the Boston Bruins out of here as uh, in his overage season and uh, now is with the Edmonton Oilers, of course. But uh, you took point on that one. Uh, we're able to get a hold of him just off the golf course because, uh, you know, weather down in California, not bad. Yeah, he's living the dream down there, uh, golfing in early March in Bakersfield and uh, a teammate of Bronco alum Stuart Skinner. We asked him about Stu, and uh, he had a few thoughts there as well. So great to catch up with Colby Cave, who's uh, – I call him the Cal Ripken Jr. of the Swift Current Broncos organization. He, uh, he had a four-year career and only missed two games – in his rookie year, so he had one season of 70 games and then three of 72, just a testament to his his toughness that, uh, you know, he played a physical game. He wasn't a floater by any means, but just a tough, tough kid. Well, that's I mean, that's how he, he earned that contract with uh, one of those guys who, who works hard and uh, made himself noticeable by by working hard, and, uh, you know, in, in the corners along the boards and put up a lot of points as well, and the NHL took notice, and that's why he is where he is now. People often equate tough to how good you are with the gloves off, but just a Saskatchewan tough kid told Colby Cave he'll be joining us shortly also we're going to be uh, going down the pipeline brought to you by Crescent Point to talk to someone who we often say is part of the next generation of the Bronco family Josh Philman uh, fourth round pick 67th overall plays for Rink Hockey Academy Elite 15's program uh, had a great year over a point per game with that team they're getting ready to go to Penticton for the CSSHL championships and uh, what a great interview wow he uh, is very well spoken and uh, runs in the family as grandpa, the former premier of Manitoba, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the very well-spoken kid, so that'll be part of the Broncos This Week podcast. I know one of the things that, it, it's one of the first things you often do when you get to work every day, is check and see how our prospects are doing, and uh, what do we know about Philman besides the fact that he's incredibly well-spoken? Well, just a guy who who's who wants to be here, I think, is a guy who's excited to, to potentially play in the Western Hockey League. Um, you know, he's kind of that guy who, who takes a lot of pride in, in what he does on the ice. I asked him, what kind of player he kind of wants to be and what sort of style he plays. And he, he says he, he likes that question, but he also hates that question because he doesn't want to sort of define himself in one specific way. So a guy who really cares about, uh, you know, improving as a player and helping a team get better. So a guy who I think would, would fit in uh, well within the locker room, but also within the community as well. He does not want to pigeonhole himself, but he wants to fly in the Western Hockey League. We'll have that chat uh, coming up in just a little bit. And in the much more immediate future, we do our coaches segment on Broncos this week. Head coach and director of Hockey Ops, Dean Brock. Coming up shortly. 
You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. Time for our coaches segment. We are joined by Swift Current Broncos head coach and director of hockey operations, Dean Brockman. Dean, a Tuesday matchup in Medicine Hat. I thought it was one of the team's stronger performances over the past couple of weeks. Just couldn't seem to capitalize on some really good scoring chances to close the gap a little bit. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, some guys I thought played their best game in months, to be honest with you. And as a whole team, uh, you know, we had a ton of opportunities to score. Uh, you know, it's kind of been the theme as, uh, you know, we definitely can't score goals. But, you know, guys were working pretty hard right till the bitter end. And, uh, you know, I can really appreciate that because, uh, you know, obviously everyone knows the tough goal. But, you know, we hung in there with one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, and a guy who's really been an unsung hero for you this season, Isaac Poulter with, uh, you know, another big night. Yeah, you know what, uh, a lot of the things were kept to the outside, but when we needed a big save uh, or we had a defensive breakdown, you know, he was there. And uh, again, I, I thought he that was one of his best games of the year, period. I thought uh, he was composed, he was in control. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of rebounds. You know he's confident when he catches the glove like it's uh, routine over and over again. So, you know, Isaac has, you know, been the team MVP and he really showed it last night. The two breakaways early in the third period, uh, the two big chances to turn the momentum around a little bit, but I think you'd be more worried if your team wasn't getting opportunities like that because it shows that there are chances to capitalize. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, even if you go back to the first period, uh, you know, uh, you know, on a power play where the puck squeaks through their goalie's legs and it goes wide instead of in. You know, those little things uh, when you can't buy a goal, uh, you know, certainly that's tough. But, yeah, you know what, uh, we created a lot of – lot of chances I thought uh, you know Ozzy had some really really good chances and he was uh, snake bitten but uh, you know I, I was really you know happy with our effort our, our guys uh, really cared about the game and and put in a strong effort well yeah and it was a strong effort against a really good team as well you were competitive with one of the top teams in the league and that's something that uh, has to be a booster of confidence yeah absolutely I think you know I mean obviously we got a tough schedule on the road here coming up again and but it was good uh, you know guys were very alert on the bench they were live uh, dressing room was uh, was giving it it's all uh, I mean by you know talking about the game talking about situations uh, yeah it was fun uh, you know Bodie Hagen had some great chances uh, you know again he's looking first first but there was a lot of strong performances and that that was really encouraging and those are the kind of efforts you're hoping to see down the stretcher because uh, you want the wins as well obviously but the fact that your team is playing hard uh, when the season's not going that strong, it's it's nice to see the guys are still engaged and, and really caring about the results down the stretch. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I've said all along, it's, uh, you know, there's a group in there that cares deeply about, uh, you know, how they, you know, are perceived. And I think for us, again, uh, you know what, we just keep pushing. And uh, you know what, I, uh, like I said, you know, the effort was there last night, and that's an encouraging sign uh, with uh, a few games remaining. You know, when you look at the wins and losses, it's easy to get down and get negative after the season that's been. But uh, And I know you're not a big fan of coming on here and pumping your own tires, but when the coaches look back on the season, you know, what are some of the, the small victories that, you know, you guys will will enjoy looking at? Yeah, I, you know what, <laughs> Ryan? Yeah, I don't like talking about that. I think just, uh, you know, I guess it's really up to the player, but we've seen improvement in a lot of guys that we need to have improvement in. And uh, I think that's the encouraging sign. And, you know, guys learning how to be Western Hockey League players, uh, you know, just some older guys taking uh, control of the room and making sure guys are here on time and, and doing their workouts and creating, you know, a formation of a, of a big culture shift. 
shift. So, you know what, uh, it's really not up to the coaches. We, we can set out to, you know, the game plan and, and we can set out things for them to work on. It's, it's up to the player to try and improve himself. And for the most part, I've seen, uh, you know, improvement in everybody. Edmonton Oil Kings on uh, Friday here, a team that uh, have one win against the season. But some of the games have been pretty tight. There was a 3-1 game just before Christmas. Uh, the game here last time, you had a 3-1 lead at one point. So uh, a, a very strong team at Edmonton, one of, if not the best team in the league. But you've had some good performances against them this year. Yeah, you know what? We have. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, everybody gets amped up to play them. And uh, you know what? We're playing in uh, NHL rink and uh, you know, so that's kind of a fun part of it as well. Uh, you know, we get to base out of Red Deer this time, and, you know, it's it's good. You know, it'll see guys on the road. You know, hopefully we're not standing around watching the building because uh, they're a very good team. But, you know, if we play like we did last night and do a lot of things, uh, you know, in the right way, we'll get some chances. And, uh, you know, again, if we capitalize on half our chances last night, we win a game. Knock on wood as you ask this question, but uh, we're getting to the end of a very busy and grueling 68-game season, and it seems as though the, the bodies aren't really piling up in sick bay. It seems like, you know, a somewhat healthy squad at the moment, eh? Well, you know what? Uh, guys are fighting through some stuff too, which is, you know, also an encouraging sign. Uh, you know, I mean, we got, you know, Tyler Smith, he's back, and he's played a prominent role, you know, especially since Christmas. And uh, just to get him back healthy is important because it just gives you a little bit more depth. You know, I, I mean, guys are, are, you know, trying to grind it out. And, and you know, is everybody feeling 100%? Well, probably not mentally they're not. But physically it seems like we're okay. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe we should be more banged up and, and more injured. But, uh, you know what, it's it's kind of one of those things. You, you want the guys to be able to play and compete for uh, – you know, playing time for sure. And you want the guys to kind of enjoy things down the stretch. You're eight games left or eight games left in about uh, 20 days or so until the season is over. So, you know, they want them to play hard, maybe get a win here or there, but also just want them to kind of enjoy the experience as well. Well, you know what? There's a lot of guys to learn about, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, getting to know DJ Jerome, getting to know Sergey Alkamov, you know, like those are things or experiences uh, to figure out how they tick on a regular basis. And, you know, I just encourage teammates to, to know each other like, they they should be a good teammate and I think you know in saying that uh, you know guys seem to be enjoying each other's company and that's important when you're trying to build a team and trying to reset the whole process so you know good on them for uh, doing that and uh, it should be a lot of fun down the stretch. Dean I appreciate you doing this again Uh, we'll see you on the road this week. Sounds great guys. It's time to go down the pipeline. Presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. We are joined on the phone now for our Down the Pipeline for Crescent Point. It is Josh Philman on the phone with us now. Broncos fourth rounder from 2019. Josh, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you uh, jumping on here. You guys had a phenomenal season. You played for the Rink Hockey Academy Elite 15s program out there in Winnipeg. You guys finished in second place in the Elite 15 standings behind only Northern Alberta. Uh, kind of take me through your season there. Looks like you guys had a, a pretty good go at it this year. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great season. Um, really good group of guys that came together. And uh, uh, right now we're just focused on uh, bringing, bringing it into Penticton with a lot of energy and momentum. And uh, we're looking to win a championship yeah, and before we kind of dive into those uh, the CSSHL championships that's going on, uh, the Canadian Sports School Hockey League, it's obviously a huge balance between hockey and school. So can you kind of walk me through what a, a normal day is like uh, for you guys and your teammates there? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so the normal day would be um, show up to school around 8.30. Uh, that's when classes start. And then we have three classes per day uh, each in the morning. Uh, it goes uh, 8.30 to uh, 9.40. And then uh, each class is an hour and 10 minutes. So uh, we, we get released around 12.10. And then we head to the Rank Training Center down here in Winnipeg. And we will have uh, either a skate or a workout first. Um, whichever one comes first, the other will follow. And then typically uh, an hour-long stud call. And then uh, we're free to go at home and we've got evenings off. So it's it's great to spend uh, time with the family in the evenings uh, after getting getting some good work in during the day. So, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and, and that means you get to get on the ice uh, a lot, if not almost every single day. I mean, how much has that kind of helped you uh, with your development, do you think? Yeah, it's great. Um, our coaches are great, and uh, the skills practice was with our uh, our skills coaches at the rink are great. They uh, they know exactly what it takes to get to the next level, and and it's uh, really good for us to have them out there helping us work on the skills we need to to uh, to get better. Hockey is a team sport, obviously, but you, on a personal note, had a, had a pretty great season. You finished uh, top ten in the Elite Fifteen League for scoring in twenty one goals. You had forty points in thirty six games. What kind of style of play uh, is your is your game? Yeah, you know, uh, that's, uh, I love that question, uh, but I hate it at the same time, you know, I, uh, I like to try and I'm trying to be a really good 200 foot centerman can play defense, can play offense, you know, whatever the team needs this year. I was, uh, a big focus of mine was making sure, you know, you finish every play with the puck in the back of the net and uh, building good scoring habits, but, uh, you don't get to be able to score goals. And if you're in the D zone the whole time, so, you know, it's, Got to strike that balance of playing a defense and supporting the puck, and uh, you know, special teams is a big thing. You know, I, I like to play, play, play penalty kill. Um, I'm just trying to be a you know a good all around player. Can do a lot of things to help the team win. Your schedule here, the 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 CSSHL, the teams are so spread out across Western Canada, so it's not like you're kind of buzzing yeah. from Winnipeg to to Vancouver every other weekend. So, what is your travel schedule, and what are the the kind of road game schedule like for you? Yeah, um, typically, uh, if we have games anywhere in Saskatchewan, we will fly or drive out. Sorry, on the, on the Friday after school, and then play a game Saturday, Sunday, come home Sunday night, and then we went to uh, uh, Vancouver area, like uh, West Vancouver, you know, St. George's Delta, that area. We went there early in the season. I think it was October, and we flew out on a Thursday played friday saturday sunday and flew home sunday so it really depends on if uh like if we're driving or flying we don't fly that often um just once or twice or uh once to vancouver once at Penticton at the end of the season and you see like if, if we're going somewhere like edmonton or calgary we'll probably leave on a wednesday or thursday because it's uh it'll be a day of travel um <clears throat> but yeah that's uh kind of how it works if we if we are going to alberta We'll leave for a day of travel and then play two or three games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if we're going to Saskatchewan, it'll be a, probably a travel and play in the same day on Friday and then Saturday or Saturday, Sunday, on the Saturday or the Sunday. There was uh, one part of your schedule that I remember seeing when it came around, and now that I'm looking back at it again, it was early February. You played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and this, the Saturday game was 2.15. The Sunday game was 10.30. How tough of a schedule was that week there? Oh, that was a um, it was a fun week, though. You know, uh, my dad came out uh, to watch me play in Edmonton for that, and 
been good bonding time with the guys, but you know, certainly wasn't easy by any stretch. Um, played two uh, two teams in order, Owen Edmonton and NAX, who are uh, both physical teams, both paid the price to win. And uh, but it, it was a grind, that's for sure. I uh, mentioned that uh, off the top of the interview here, you were a fourth-round pick in uh, 2019. You were taken 67th overall. Take me back to draft day. Uh, were you one of those guys who was sitting there, you know, refreshing Twitter every 30 seconds, or what were you trying to do on draft day there? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, draft day was pretty exciting, I think. I was sitting uh, in our school cafeteria with all of our teammates and uh, and actually my locker partner, fellow Swifter and draft pick Sam Court. I was uh, right beside him when my name got picked, and that was pretty exciting. And uh, one of your teammates right now is also a Swift Current Broncos draft pick and Owen Pickering. So uh, talk about the familiarity you have with him. Of course, you guys would have come here to uh, training camp together earlier this year, and then you played together all season long. Kind of nice to build that relationship together now and potentially have that friendship for years down the road as well. Yeah, for sure. He's a, he's a great guy, great hockey player, great teammate, really easy to be around. And, uh, you know, I went to them uh, from grade five until grade 10, basically. And uh, we played hockey together in, in spring hockey and now with Rink Hockey Academy for probably four years. And he's just a great friendship between us. You know, he's really easy to be around. And, uh, and he's a great guy to just spend a lot of time with on the road and whatnot. You mentioned that you guys are getting ready to head out to Penticton for the CSSHL Championships, which are hosted in Penticton, I think, every single year. So, I mean, how are you guys feeling heading into it? I know you were finished off as the number two team in the uh, in the Elite 15 standings. So, feeling pretty confident heading into the championships here? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's good to be confident. Uh, finished second place, and, and we worked really hard through the regular season. You know, playoffs is one of those times where it's like anything could happen. Everybody's coming to win, and everybody's laying it all on the line. So, can never uh, take anything. If we want to win, it's going to be tough. Your uh, your goals this year, you picked up as mentioned, forty points over the course of the season. Was that kind of what you were hoping you'd be able to produce this year? Did you have any numbers in mind? Or you just kind of let the season come as it as it would. Yeah, obviously, I'm. Uh, I'm trying to score every chance I get, and every time I go out there and get the puck, I'm, I've got a scoring mentality. But I wouldn't say there's any numbers in mind. You know, I'm just, as long as I can contribute uh, to the team and and help towards the team's success, that's really what I'm looking for. I understand you're a bit of a character, Josh. You've got some some personality to you, and uh, you're kind of a guy who keeps things light around the room. Where where do you think that comes from? Um. You know, that's a good question. I think that, uh, you know, my, my parents like that fun of me. And um, hockey's a game, you know, it's, it's serious, but, and, and everybody's, you know, trying to win and, and people have worked really hard to get into certain things. But over the course of the season, my kind of perspective on it is that, like, everybody's worked super hard and and hard to develop and, and get to the place that you are right now. And it's almost time just to let what you've done over the season take over and have some fun with it. Your goals for next season and beyond, uh, I know you haven't signed your standard player agreement yet, but do you see yourself as a Western League player down the road, and, and maybe what kind of role do you think you could play in this league? Yeah, I, um, I definitely think that it'd, it'd be an option that I'd really like to pursue. have not finalized on any decisions yet, but uh, it's it seems like a great, Swift Current seems like a great town, and and uh, a place to play hockey and a place to try and take my career to the next level. And I seriously think that uh, I could be a, an impact player at the next level as long as I keep getting bigger and stronger and faster and, and keep uh, keep playing hockey the right way.
Josh, this was an outstanding interview. Thanks so much for taking my call here. Uh, good luck in Penticton. We'll be keeping track closer to see how you and uh, Owing Pickering do. Uh, best of luck there, and uh, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, Greg. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. On the telephone right now, a Swift Current Bronco alum and a current forward with the Bakersfield Condors, a NB Rubby who's making it in the real world, Colby Cave joining us. NB Rubby, that, that's an okay thing to say, right? Yeah, that's good. I mean, if anyone's listening from North Alford, they're going to understand. Okay, that's not politically incorrect. That's all right. Okay, good to know. <laughs> you're uh, you're living the dream, man. You're just off the golf course in uh, early March. Uh, it sounds like life in Bakersfield's treating you all right, eh? Yeah, it's good. I mean, you can't complain about getting around to golfing in March. I mean, growing up in Saskatchewan, it's not really something you think about. So no, it's um, certainly definitely no complaints about that. Yeah. No, it certainly isn't. Uh, you know, I want to ask you about a guy who who may or may have been not on the course with you, another uh, former Swift Current Bronco who's uh, who's playing in Bakersfield right now. Do you have much to do with Stuart Skinner? Uh, I didn't play golf with him, but uh, I sure as heck helped him warm up today. I uh, went out and shot on uh, shot in the goalies before practice, so I got my touches in with uh, with the goalie coach and and Stewie. So uh, it's been good getting to know him and uh, all the guys down in Bakersfield. It's been great. Yeah, you know, and with these podcast interviews that we do with alums, we usually go way back to the beginning and, you know, talk about their early days in in the Western Hockey League and how they became a member of the Swift Current Broncos. And we'll we'll maybe take a bit of a walk down memory lane here because uh, in your case, you're someone who is a first-round bantam pick of a different organization, and you ended up being traded to Swift Current. Your rights were traded here. You know, first off, I'll ask you, what was it like finding out that you were drafted first round of the WHL bantam draft to to what was then the Kootenai Ice? It was wild. I remember uh, I went with my mom to work. I uh, skipped the first class of school. Um, You know, everyone that we had talked to, they kind of told us, you know, you might go third, fourth round in the draft, and we just kind of said, okay, whatever. So we were just kind of watching because I had a lot of friends that were uh, highly touted guys. And um, we literally hit the refresh button and we saw my name pop up on the screen and we both looked at each other like we both saw a ghost. We just, you know, it's not really something that we expected. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where Kootenai really helped me mature. Um, after the first couple of years going on a camp, I spent all the training camp there my 16-year-old year. Um, and then obviously they had a great, great team that year with, uh, you know, making a, a run for the Memorial Cup. So, um, you know, they sent me back to, to midget AAA and, um, you know, it was, I remember like it was yesterday, I got off the bus, I had a text message from my dad and said, call me, you know, obviously it's not something that, uh, that you want to have looking at your phone. You think, you know, something bad happened, you know, someone might've passed away or, an emergency happened but no he phones me and he says you are now a swift current bronco and i you know at the time he it's something where you're not really used to being traded or moved or all those kind of things but you know it was so nice i mean being three hours away from home an organization i'd heard about um you know uh a guy by the name of lane ulmer you know my mom worked with his brother and, uh you know it's, i'd heard a lot of history about swift current and 
Um, you know, it obviously has a very special place in my heart after uh, spending four years as junior there. Yeah, and when you initially came to camp, you know, after that big deal, you know, you were a part of the Cody Eakin deal, which uh, is certainly a big yeah. part in Swift Current Bronco history. I think we still have players on our team that are actually descendants of that trade. But, uh, you know, yeah. heading to camp heading to camp, was uh, was there any extra pressure on you? Did you put any extra pressure on yourself, knowing that you were part of such a, a big blockbuster? Not really. I mean, there were so many parts coming back to Swift Current. I mean, if anyone had the pressure, it was Eeks going the other way. You know, he was one of the top players in the Western League at the time. But, you know, he was one of the best players in the Western Hockey League for a reason. And, uh, you know, I think I just came into camp looking to make a, a good first impression, obviously a new organization. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you want to get off on the right foot. And obviously with a couple moving parts going back to Swift Current, I knew a couple fresh bases with, Guys like, uh, you know, Christian Magnus and I think Ryan Blue, uh, Steve Myland, you know, guys that I had, had met in, in Kootenai already. It was obviously nice to see a friendly face. And, you know, hockey's a small world, so I obviously knew a couple other guys at training camp. So, um, you know, I think pressure-wise, I don't think I put a whole lot more pressure on myself. But uh, I also knew going into camp that I wanted to make the team. So, uh, you know, it was kind of that, uh, that fine line. Yeah, and it's hard to believe this was all almost 10 years ago. Uh, what do you remember about that first camp and kind of your first impression of the organization? Well, the first thing I remember was how hard uh, fitness testing was. I couldn't, uh, you know, when you're a young guy like that, you obviously know that going into camp, you got to be in good shape. And, um, but until you get there, you don't really realize, like, holy smokes, this is really what it takes to make it to the next level. And, um, you know, obviously that was a credit to Lambert is uh, – and the, and the other staff who put that together, um, you know, I think it, it definitely helped me realize, uh, you know, that's what's going to take to make it to even the next level into the pro ranks that, you know, you really got to take care of yourself in the summer. You know, there, there were a lot of guys that, that you played with on that Swift Current Bronco team, you know, that have moved on. You know, you and Jake DeBrusque, for example, you played together in the Boston organization. You know, it, it really seems like Mark had a great program here back in the day. Eh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, he, he really pushed guys. Um, you know, he definitely didn't get anything handed to you. Uh, as a young guy, you know, I don't – I can't really recall anybody, you know, coming in, playing on the first line right away. You know, he always, uh, you know, really preached that you got to work for what you're given. And, uh, uh, you know, I really respected that from him. I was a guy that started, you know, right from the fourth line, um, you know, limited minutes. And then you really got to work your way up. You get earn his trust. Um you know, you got to be able to defend first, and then obviously, once that once that trust is is really built, then he'll give you your chances on you know on the power play, and, um, you know, big important uh, minutes in, in, throughout the game. Yeah, and you know, you're a guy you're immortalized in that uh, dressing room on the captain's wall. You were the you wore the C for your 19 and 20 year old seasons. Now, now back then, did they vote on the team captain, or was that something that the coaches gave to you? Uh, I think we voted my 19 year old year just because there was such a big turnover from uh you know guys like Laos and Scarzi and um sorry I guess I, Adam Lowry Reese Scarlett you know a lot of guys that have been there for a long time so it was kind of just a whole uh, reboot to the leadership group so I think that year we voted on and um you know it couldn't it's not like it was a unanimous decision I think it was really close between that year it was me Coda Gordon, Dylan Hetherington, and Graham Black were all part of the leadership group. And, um, 
you know, in my eyes, I think it could have went any way. Any of those guys could have been captains, and I think we would have been just as successful as we were that year. Um, you know, obviously, I was lucky to be a leader with those guys, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Jeez, in retrospect, that's a heck of a leadership group, too. You know, wh- what do you think it was that, uh, you know, that, that got you that extra bit of respect from the guys in the room to, to put that C on you? Well, I think I I give Adam Lowry a lot of credit. Um, I sat beside him in the dressing room for my first couple of years. I played with him on a line his last year in Swift for a bit. And, um, you know, obviously he was the heart and soul that year with uh, being the captain his last year. Um, Taylor Vaz was my 20-year-old captain. Just, you know, taking a lot of things uh, that those guys did and um, really learning from them. And, um, and not just the captains, you know, all the other leaders that we had on the team at that time. It's, uh, you know, you, you also got to remember that you are a pretty young kid still. You know, I'm still in high school going to – uh, you know, taking classes alongside a uh, school. So at the rink, anytime I could soak something in from those guys, it definitely helped. And, uh, but no, I definitely give Adam a lot of credit, just showing me the ropes and then coming in that 19 year old year, knowing that there was going to be an opportunity to wear the C on my chest. And, um, you know, obviously I wanted to be a, an important guy on the team and, you know, whether I had the C or an A or, or no letter at all, I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, I led the way by example, and uh, you know, it, it turned out really well. Yeah, and and you know what? And you touched earlier about physical conditioning coming into the Western League, and uh, you know, I, I think you could probably be referred to as the Cal Ripken Jr. of the Bronco organization because I think in your four-year career, you only missed two games, like two year seventeen year, yeah. and then after that, perfect attendance. Like, uh, how did you pull that off? Because yeah, you were, well, you were floating uh, luck- out there. No, no, it's. Uh... Well, my first year, I remember I got healthy scratched in Prince Albert. Um, Lammer called me in and said, hey, I think we need you just to watch a game. I obviously had been struggling for a bit. And then, you know, I kind of told myself, Kate, that's it. I don't really want to miss another game. And I'm trying to remember what the other game was. You know what? I can't remember if I – that's a good question, but – you know, I've always, I've always been one of those guys that hates missing games. I uh, even in preseason, you know how most of the roster doesn't play every game. It's kind of, hell, you know, half the roster will play one game and half the whatever. Um, you know, even sitting in the stands, it you feel helpless, right? Like I don't know when I retire, I'm gonna be, I don't know what I'm gonna do because watching hockey just makes me want to play so bad. So, um, well, thankfully, I've been lucky on the injury side of things. Knock on wood and. Um, you know, hopefully I can just, uh, kind of keep that, keep that mindset going. You know, uh, remembering the Swifty days and we, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we had, uh, Brett Lernout on here and we asked about off ice activities and what guys did for fun back in the day. And he, he didn't get real into detail and I don't expect you to either, but, uh, was the, was the old museum a thing when you were here? The old museum was a thing. Um, uh, you know, I don't know whoever's talked about it on the podcast, but, uh, um, you know, one of the billets had uh, ownership in one of the buildings downtown that used to be an old museum. And uh, it, uh, you know, it was one of the spots where we'd frequent, um, you know, whether that was uh, a team party after a big Saturday night, Saturday night win or, um, you know, we one of the big things that we actually did was we bought airsoft guns and glasses. <laughs> and we'd go in there and we'd make, and we'd make, uh, we'd make a little airsoft uh course and stuff and we'd have we'd have some good times with that because 
you know, it was one of those things where Swifty's not a very big city and, you know, it's everyone's pretty close and there may not be a whole lot to do when it's minus 50 outside. So we said, hey, why not? Let's start it with like a couple of guys, pick them up. And next thing you know, everyone on the team had it. So, uh, you know, I was thankful, thankful for that. Obviously, it brought us together a lot closer than, uh, you know, say a bigger city because guys are so divided with billets and stuff. So, uh, you know, we definitely had a lot of fun in that play. Yeah, and, you know, talking to the guys who have played a couple years uh, in the pros, they, they often remember, and many of them say that some of their best hockey memories came from junior. You know, who, who are some of the guys that, uh, that you know, Swift Current fans would remember that, uh, that you're still in touch with today? Well, Dylan Hetherington was in my wedding party uh, when I got married this summer. He was uh, one of the guys standing up there. Um, obviously a fan favorite, Daniel Dale. I keep in touch with him frequently. Obviously, uh, when I, uh, got picked up on waivers by, uh, Edmonton, he was, uh, you know, he was one of the first guys to text me saying, uh, I can't wait to see you. Um, you know, Coda Gordon, me and him were pretty, pretty close in, in junior and we've definitely kept in touch, uh, uh, over the years. And, uh, you know, a guy like Adam Lowry, I mean, obviously it's nice to see a face like that if you line up against him on the ice, but, um, you know, there's there's a few guys that I've kept in touch with that, uh, you know, really really impacted my life, not just obviously in the dressing room, but we hung out a lot. We spent a lot of hours together away from the rink, and, uh, you know, it's a brothership that you always carry with you. Yeah, and, and you know what? You worked hard when you played here, and you certainly won the fans over, and uh, at the end of your junior career, it, it just must have been amazing for you to get rewarded with that uh, with that contract in the Boston organization, eh? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've been in talks with my agent and, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the talk was, um, you know, a team will offer you an American league deal here and team is going to offer you an American league deal here. Um, you know, obviously the the end goal, you want to make it to the NHL. And at the time, um, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear, but at the same time, you can't dwell on that because I guess you're furthering your career. You're playing professional hockey. You know, you're, you don't have to go back and work on the farm or something like that. Not saying that that's a bad thing because, you know, that's, uh, that's how I grew up. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I, I definitely didn't want to take for granted. And then I got the phone call saying that Boston is interested. And, um, you know, obviously it was a no-brainer that uh, uh, I didn't have to, have, to, have to think about very much. Yeah, and you know you got your shot with Providence, and then you ended up making your NHL debut with the with the Boston Bruins. You know, I'm sure you remember your first NHL game vividly. What was that like? I just remember how my stomach felt the whole day. Uh, you know, just like butterflies are flying around in there all day. Um, I was at practice in Providence in the morning. Coach told me on the ice, so I had to leave the rink, pack my stuff, take an Uber to to Boston because I didn't have a vehicle at the time and uh, got into the hotel, uh, fell asleep, surprisingly, woke up, went to the rink and, uh, you know, luckily my wife, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but now my wife flew from Toronto that morning to make it to the game. So I had, uh, I had my, my wife was there and, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely something special. I mean, and, my first game, I lined up against Adam Lowry. I saw him in warm-ups, and he said, what the heck are you doing out here, he said. So, so that was uh, you know, just a cherry on top of the cake getting to see him. 
it's it's a staple on this podcast. We kind of ask about that welcome to the NHL moment. You know, we, we talked to Max Lajoie last week, and he talked about, you know, Sidney Crosby going one-on-one with him. You know, what about you? Do you have any moments that just really stood out, like, holy cow, here I am in the show? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. I grew up watching Crosby and, and that whole Pittsburgh organization when they were dominant. Um, you know, that's obviously an easy one. Um, my first NHL goal was obviously a big one that took a little bit longer than, um, uh, just for that, that moment to sink in. But, uh, you know, I mean, you're playing in the NHL, there's not a day that goes by that you can't just sit back and soak it in. I mean, all the guys, even when I got to Edmonton, you know, you're playing with Connor McDavid when I was in Boston, it's with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Now you look at David Pasternak's, uh, uh, you know, an MVP caliber guy in the NHL. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to think just sitting on your couch one day and, and realize what's, what's going on. But at the same time, uh, can't be satisfied because I got to make my way back to the NHL and that's the end goal. Well, and uh, I imagine it must have been a real bittersweet day for you because you get put on waivers by the Boston Bruins, but then all of a sudden, boom, Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you're only three hours away from home as well. Like, that. I can't imagine the roller coaster that uh, that that whole experience must have been. Oh, it was it was incredible. Um, you know, I found out I was going on waivers the day before. I went to the game that night, watched them play. Uh, went to the rink the next day, just waiting for twelve o'clock Eastern time to hit. And, uh, you know, the GM comes running in and says, "Hey, uh, you got claimed off off waivers by the Oilers." And, um, you know, obviously your first instinct is holy crap, you know, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. And what am I going to do with all my stuff here, blah, blah, blah. But then that split second leaves your brain and you're like, hey, I get to go play in the NHL for the Edmonton Oilers, a team that I watch growing up every single Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. That was my first NHL game was Oilers-Leafs. Uh, you know, my dad's favorite team growing up was Edmonton. My uncle's a diehard Oilers fan. It just, you know, it, it was such a surreal moment for uh, all my childhood memories just came flooding back. And, um, you know, obviously I'm thankful for the opportunity that the Oilers organization has given. And, and you know, you're still a member of the Oilers organization uh, in Bakersfield, their AHL affiliate. Uh, how's this season going for you? Uh, it's going okay. Um you know, I was up the first couple of weeks in Edmonton, and then they said, no, like, you're going to work on your game down in Bakersfield. And um, I, I've come down here to make sure I, I play consistent every night. I'm hard on pucks. I'm, uh, I'm really focusing on being a, a two-way centerman. And, um, you know, obviously it's not ideal getting sent down, but at the same time I knew I had some things to work on. And, uh, you know, I can, I can credit the staff down here in Bakersfield for uh, giving me some more opportunity, some more offensive touches and making, uh, you know, making it easy for me to come to the rink every day and put my work boots on and, uh, you know, working on my, my game and, and hopefully end up back in the NHL. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of guys in the AHL with uh, Swift Current Bronco ties. You got uh, Tyler Steenbergen uh, over in the Coyotes organization. You know, we talked about Max Lajoie, Brett Lerno out there. Uh, you know, what's it? Uh, what was it like the first few times suiting up against those guys that uh, that you went to war with here in Swift? Well, I remember lining up the first time against Lerny. He just looked at me and laughed. Uh, you know, that's the kind of guy he is. Just 
Um, you know, and that's another guy that I've kept in touch with. You know, he's he, he's not a guy that you uh you want to just tell your life. That's for sure. He's a he's a happy go lucky guy that you that you love seeing every time you say hi to him. And um, you know, we had a lot of laughs in junior, obviously, but uh, you know, lining up against him for the first time out of junior, that was uh, you know that was something special. It was we both looked at each other and just started laughing. I remember he tried to, he had this signature hit in junior where he'd rub a guy out, but he'd rub him out so good that he'd make him fall over. And he gave me one of those and I got up and I, you know, gave him the the word or two that, uh, you know, I, I maybe shouldn't say on the podcast, but uh, he just looked at me and we both started laughing. You know, that's a, that's a spirit of hockey. It's, you know, we're both trying to win for different teams, but at the same time, we remember all the good times we had junior. And, uh, you know, if he can, you can uh you know have fun but still play hard at, at the same time it's uh you know it makes it even more fun so that's awesome stuff uh caver uh any plans on uh, on heading back to swift anytime soon i mean just being north of here in uh, north battleford where the family is uh, any invites for any alumni golf tournaments or anything like that well i'm sure i'll be getting the message from daniel dale he sends me it every summer um you know last summer we were pretty busy i've been spending my I spent last summer in Boston, and uh, I think we're going back there this summer. But, um, you know, who knows? We might end up there someday. Uh, I'm still really close with my billet family. Uh, you know, we saw them a couple weeks ago. They came up to Edmonton and, and saw my wife and I. And, uh, you know, they, they hold a very special place in our hearts. They, You know, my, my little billet sisters were flower girls in our wedding. and uh, You know, they were a very important part on why... I had as successful of junior careers I did. Um, you know, they were the unsung heroes, making sure there's food in the fridge and on the table every single day, no complaining, no, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of sacrifice for them, but, uh, you know, I, I can't thank them enough. And, you know, it, that's such an important part of junior is, is making sure um, you can you can go into to someone's house and, and feel like, make it feel like home and, you know, they did an amazing job for me, and uh, I, I just I can't thank them enough. Well, Caver, uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking some time out of the sked to, to chat with us here on the podcast. Hugely appreciated, man, and uh, if and when you do head back to Swift for any alumni golf or anything, look me up. I think uh, you when you were the captain, I think those were my first few years doing public relations, and you made life easy on me, so I think I owe you a few, man. Well, then I, I guess I owe you a couple pokes, and uh, I gave it to you pretty easy when I was playing there, so sounds great. Yeah, right on. Thanks a bunch, Caver. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Great to catch up with Colby Cave on the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16 and uh, Josh Philman. What a... Uh, charismatic and well-spoken young man looking forward to dealing more with him in the future yeah looks like one of those guys who uh you put a camera in front of him and he won't shy away from it uh kind of guy who uh, makes things lighter around the room and uh, one of those guys you love having on the team so hopefully we'll see him in a broncos jersey in the not too distant future we'll get him to host a few breakfast with brockman's <laughs> if you're ever like feeling under the weather or whatnot just have him step in and busy weekend coming up here uh you're just a few hours away from boarding the bus here on route to red deer yeah team is uh, basing out of Red Deer for this trip, so they're playing uh, in Edmonton Friday and then in Red Deer against the Rebels on Saturday before heading home, and the next uh, home game is the following Wednesday, I guess six days from now, when they're going to welcome the Rebels here to the Iplex 
unused ticket night. So if you have your season ticket books and you missed a game earlier this year, you can use one of those tickets and get in for just 5 bucks on that Wednesday game. And there's only three home games left. It's, it's almost yeah. at the end here. Yeah, final unused ticket night of the year is happening on Wednesday and also the, the last Wiener Wednesday of the year. Which is more important, I would say. If you love discount hot dogs, then <laughs> you you got to be there. That's no no ands, ifs, or buts about that. Has the time change happened yet in Saskatchewan? I'm so disconnected from that. <laughs> are, we, are we 8 o'clock face-offs on Living Sky Casino Bronco Hockey? Uh, yes, and then the time changes on Sunday at 2 a.m. Oh, so okay. So by the time the Broncos get back here, it'll be changed back. Okay. I saw the Yukon government announced they're not doing that anymore either. They're changing and staying on Pacific time zone. Saskatchewan is a trend-setting province. Yep, exactly. Yep, no two ways about it. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Broncos this week. A big thanks to Josh Philman, Dean Brockman, and our feature guest, Caver Colby Cave. Very much looking forward to catching up with him again in the not-too-distant future. Thank you very much for checking out another edition of Broncos this week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.